Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. There is no one else across from me today because it's a special episode. On today's program, we will be speaking with two amazing actors and the voices in some of the most iconic video games you've played and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can do so by heading over to BJGeekNation.com. That's where you will find all of our audio, our blogs, and more. You can also hit us up on all social media or email us at BJGeekNation at gmail.com. Today is special because if you didn't know, or perhaps forgot... Mass Effect Legendary Edition has gone gold. As of this episode, you can now go and purchase it for your PC, Xbox One, or PlayStation 4. Mass Effect Legendary Edition contains the single-player base content from all three titles in the Mass Effect trilogy, Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, and, well, Mass Effect 3. The compilation also includes almost all single-player downloadable content that was originally released for each game, such as promotional weapons, armors, and packs. Set with Within the Milky Way galaxy during the 22nd century, the player assumes the role of Commander Shepard, an elite human soldier who must unite the galactic community against a highly advanced race of synthetic organic starships called Reapers. Shepard is a customizable character whose morality is determined by the players, and during each game, the player makes choices that can impact the story in various ways. These choices and consequences can be carried forward through the trilogy. I was fortunate enough to spend some time with two of the actors who lended their voice talents to the project, Jennifer Hale and Courtney Taylor. Jennifer Hale is a legend in the voice acting world, having voiced over 420 beloved characters across films, television, and gaming, and earning countless accolades for her decades-long career. Jennifer has been the official voice of Cinderella across all Disney animated content since 1995. Additionally, she has voiced more Marvel characters than any other female voice actor and holds the Guinness World Record for the most prolific female video game character voice actor of all time. Because her talents can be heard in nearly 200 games. Jennifer is also best known for her role as Commander Shepard in Mass Effect. And she has been the recipient of the BTVA Video Game Voice Acting Awards Best Female Performance in a Video Game for her role as Commander Shepard in Mass Effect 3. Courtney Taylor's passion for the craft of voice acting is evident in her work in over 130 video games and a wide range of award-winning animated projects. She's best known for voicing Jack in the Mass Effect franchise, the sole survivor in Fallout 4, Ada Wong in the Resident Evil franchise, and Scarlet Rhodes in Call of Duty Black Ops 4. She's also a fan favorite in video games such as World of Warcraft, The Outer Worlds, the Halo franchise, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, The Elder Scrolls, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, and the list goes on. I want to thank Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed for helping facilitate this interview. And without any further ado, please welcome Jim Jennifer Hale and Courtney Taylor. First off, this game is, I mean, obviously Legendary Edition denotes the fact that it is legendary and the characters that you have portrayed in Mass Effect have been iconic to say the least. But take us back to the time when you began all of the voiceover work for Mass Effect. Did you know what you were getting into when it came down to this? Did it did it seem as epic as it was going to eventually turn out to be when you guys first started on all of this? I had no idea. I had no idea, you know, because you never know. Like, I've done stuff that was going to be so epic, and then it never made it to market. 
and you know, and there was a, a lot spent, a lot of time and money on that. And then I've done stuff that was, you know, like nobody even gave a second thought, and it was huge. Um, with this one, you know, I never look at that part because I don't have any control over it. So I'll drive myself crazy and I just kind of stay out of it, show up and do the best I can in the moment. I don't know, Courtney, what did you think? What did you see? I, uh, at that point in my career, I wasn't really paying attention. Like I didn't have a lot of friends who did voiceover. I didn't, you know, so I wasn't really in kind of that world of knowing a, what I was working on just. I was always just like, yeah, I'm just happy to be working <laughs> and be also, um, you know, I don't, I don't really play games and, uh, and I just didn't have like any context. I didn't have friends saying, Oh, I know this game. And, and it's, you know, I came in on mass effect two and I didn't, it didn't even really occur to me to even see what mass effect one was like. I just was like, Oh, this is cool. It's a new character. And, um, you know, she, feels real familiar to me and I'm just excited to get to work. <laughs> that is awesome. And yeah. it, there was, there go, was one thing, it just, sorry, just now there's one thing I'll share about um, Mass Effect that was really exciting for me, which was the fact that the male player and female characters lines were identical. Like I did not get put in a box cause I was a girl. It was awesome. That's mm. that's a really good point because in both in the in Mass Effect and it was kind of the start with that where it's like when you got to choose your protagonist you could choose male or female but it was it's still the same character it's still Shepard when you're coming down to it and so being able to have that not being relegated um I it's it's got to be a big step up for that just because a lot of the times the female characters are just going to get, uh, unfortunately, kind of downplayed. But that is not the case whatsoever with this. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's set the tone. It set the tone for future games, which I love, that they were like, okay, even if we make them two separate characters, they're each going to have a fully fleshed out, you know, and even, you know, uh, saying the same lines, but being two different people still with the same amount of power, the same amount of investment, the same amount of um, backstory. So thank you. Thank you, Bioware. Uh, Yeah, right. Exactly. And I mean, both of you have done both a ton of voice acting work, but when you're getting ready to do something as an epic space opera like this is, and even though it's a video game, it's still uh, just the story is just fantastic and has just really kind of gripped everybody over the years. How do you prepare and get into the mindset of someone like uh, Commander Shepard or someone like Jack? Well, it's funny. I mean, Mindset in the way is all you've got and your basic tools as an actor because people don't always realize what Court and I do is mostly cold reading. <laughs> yeah, Courtney and I walk in there and we haven't seen the script. You know, we see the script, we say it a few times and it goes to market. And that's the, all the preparation that we get. So we prepare as actors. I mean, I'll speak for myself. I prepare as an actor, I prepare as a human being, and I show up ready to jump in fully, even if I'm completely wrong about the choices I make. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely feel like um, uh, it's changing a little bit where uh, certain companies are now starting to, you know, give you the script maybe the night before, which is exciting. but, But oftentimes we just don't get, you'll get your lines the night before. You're not getting the context. You're not getting you know, the lines you're responding to, things like that. So there's a lot of imagination involved. And I think um, 
more so maybe than even other areas of acting, uh, we basically do all the work beforehand and then send off an audition that says, this is my fully formed version of this character. Do you like it? <laughs> and oh, okay. Then they, if they choose you, I mean, most of the time you don't get rehearsal. You know, you kind of come in and like do what you prepped, even if you're, yeah. you know, there's, we don't in theater and then, you know, sometimes in television and stuff, but you at least get blocking rehearsals, uh, you know, if not, the luxury of six weeks of rehearsals for theater. Um, and we just don't. So it's a lot of thinking on your feet and it's a lot of gathering information before you even get the auditions. For me, I'm always watching and listening, looking for, you know, character archetypes, accents, attitudes that might feed me when I get the initial page so that I can, you know, cause we just don't have time often, even just for the auditions, you've got, 12 hours to turn something in. So it's not like you can sort of sally around thinking about, uh, you know, deep motivations and backstories. You don't have time to write out a backstory. You got to already have it in your pocket. And you're really dependent on the fact that you've kept your skills sharp and that you trust your instincts. Those two Mm -hmm. things are mostly what you have. And, and your director, you know, in the moment, Oh my God. Yeah. You know, cause they're, they're literally, it's, it's, Sometimes I feel like I have a blindfold on and I can move, but I just, one of my major senses has been taken away from me and I've got, you know, I'm hand in hand with the director and they're like, go left, you're good, you know, you got to trust them. <laughs> yep. And That's it, so perfect, Courtney, you're so right. And it, it's it's interesting also because I didn't even realize that aspect to it. Uh, I, I have known some people in the past who have done voice work, uh, you know, usually like animated stuff, but every once in a while the video games. And one of the things that they mentioned that you never realize is the fact that you're the one that also has to usually go out there and do all the weird sound effects as well because they still need all of that in your voice. Did you still have to do that with uh, with like Mass Effect? Oh, yeah. You mean like battle oh, yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah. Like, battle sounds yeah. like the grunts oh, yeah, yeah. and the mm-hmm. yelling and stuff like that. That has to be like the most fun part That's, about it. Well, it's it's fun. It's also hazardous. And sometimes we don't just do it for ourselves. We'll do it for other people. Sometimes they'll, <laughs> yeah. they brought in somebody from film or television who doesn't know how to do it. They'll need somebody to come in and stunt that stuff, but sound like that person. Um, and that it's super fun. It also can be really hazardous, though. Um, we have to be really careful of our voices and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's it's, a good point. Uh, people don't think about that. And um, I <laughs> did hemorrhage vocal cord and it kept me out of, you know, my work schedule for really a total of three months. And um, <clears throat> we don't really get like hazard pay or anything. It was interesting because I think people sort of downplayed it, myself included, until I got injured. And then I went to a doctor and once we got um, uh, the amazing Dr. Gupta, who is um, what's at theaters to kind of come in and explain. We had a lot of meetings at the union, um, both for actors who do this work and for the developers on the other side of the glass so that everybody understood how, you know, there's this like magical gel on your vocal cords. And if you keep, uh, you know, abusing your vocal cords, it goes away and it never comes back. They can't regenerate it. So, um, it's been great to see the industry as a whole really, uh, getting much more, you know, just much more attentive to some of the hazards of this. 
Yeah. They're good people. They just needed to understand. Like, I have an idea right now. Let's do this, Court. So, Justin, like, let's say you've just been shot. And you've just been shot, like, in your shoulder. Let's hear what it sounds like. Like an, ah, you know, let's hear that for real. Okay. Okay, Justin, you can uh, play? Okay, okay, okay. Ooh, you're getting me on my acting. On, okay, okay. So, I just got shot no, no, in the no. shoulder. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I call a sketch of it. I'm going to oh. do a sketch of it, which I do this all the time in the booth. I'll ask them for a sketch. Because if I'm, gonna, if I'm thinking it's like, ah, or they're thinking it's like, ah, they're two different sounds, right? Yeah. So you heard what I just did there. So you pick one of those. I just sketched out two sounds for you, and now you've been shot. Let's hear it. Ugh. Did you feel what that did to your voice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that because it, I'm trying to go with like kind of a more of a guttural thing, like uh, but if I ah, like yeah. uh, like yeah. And now you have to do ten of them because they oh. need ten different ones that are super convincing. That's just for that one moment. Now you got to do a, another set of ten or six. Sometimes it's eight or six or eight. And we'll have about 15 or 20 of those in the session. And you'll do everything from being like, you know, stabbed with a four inch knife to getting your arms sliced off with a machete to being run through with a flaming bayonet to being pushed off a building. Um, And so it's really fantastic (laughs) that everybody is starting to be more aware of this because I was always somebody who was like, hey, you know, if you can't handle the work, don't do it. And then I jacked my vocal cord and then I was like, Actually, there might be something to this learning experience, too, I feel, you know, I, from the from the actor side of it, you know, where where you not to mention the fact that, you know, you're tensing all the muscles in your body and, um, you know, and your neck and stuff. And so it's really important um, to keep yourself. You're an athlete. You're a vocal athlete when you yeah. when you are a voice actor. And so it's so important to just keep yourself limber, you know. Like stretch out, do your vocal warm ups, do your cool downs. Um, so yeah, there's there's more to this than meets the ear for sure. You're, and you're talking yeah, about sure. and you're talking about stuff that's like getting your arm chopped off, getting tossed off a building. I feel like that just kind of falls under the like the blanket of screaming all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is <laughs> the same silly sound the whole time, you know. It is, but, you know, what's also interesting is that I found out that, you know, vocal stress is really anything that is not your natural speaking voice. So even if you whisper, you know, try whispering for 10 minutes, you're going to be real tired. And now also, I mean, like with Mass Effect, uh, doing dealing with all of this and like just going through all of the, the many years and the many sequels that this has put out and with it coming back to the forefront, it seems that the uh, the fans themselves have really had a special bond with uh, with your characters. Notice that, and is it something that um, just like in day to day, or maybe not even day to day, but like just like fans reaching out to you in like positive ways, just um, with how that how awesome your characters are? Yeah, I definitely feel like um, you know Bioware did an amazing thing when they put Jack on the planet um, because for me, I haven't it, just in media in general, Jack is not sort of a standard female, um, you know, and in games there's been the standard of like these beautiful curvaceous women and they crafted this woman who had huge emotions, tons of, you know, insane backstory, a lot of abuse, um, and was not sort of your classic beauty. Uh, you know, she's covered in tattoos and has a shaved head and, um, and they gave her this amazing arc where, 
even though she had all of these things happen to her, you know, she was greater than the sum of the abuse that she had suffered, that she was capable of, you know, being loved and finding love and and loving. And, And I love that because I think people need to understand that you are not the sum of your past and that, um, I got such great feedback from women, um, from, you know, uh, just people of different uh, orientations. And um, it just, it felt like she was someone really that appealed to this whole group of people that hadn't really had a champion before. And as a, like a former punk rock, you know, uh, (laughs) troublemaker kid, it meant a lot to me that she kind of looked like I did in high school, that she um, was, you know, had anger issues justifiably. And that, (laughs) you know, they didn't put a, you know, they didn't stick her in a pink dress with a bow at the end. She was still her. Um, But that, you know, I just, I got people walking up to me and being like, thank you for being a part of Jack because I look at her and I see myself. I look at her and I, and I want to show my daughter's, someone who is is different but still cool and i love that about her yeah i mean the fan response to this game has blown me away it fills my heart on a consistent basis even years later like the the encounters i've had where i've met people like at conventions or just here and there and the experiences they've had out of this initially just to be able to play as a female player character just blew people's minds and it fulfilled like a desperate need for people to identify in that way. Plus for some people, it was just really fun, you know, and it it was extraordinary. I've had some really moving and beautiful stories come to me from people's experiences of this game. It's, you know, for me, it speaks to the writing. It speaks to what they created, what Bioware created in terms of, deeply human characters and an authenticity and you know they're flawed and they're real and they're having a depth of experience in this game that is just singular and i just have to piggyback onto that and say that with having a female player character it, it was not it's not just serving women and being able to see themselves as the player character it was so important to have men be able to play as a woman you know, the magic of games is that you don't have to be yourself when you play these games. And I think that's a, a you know, it's the precursor to, it, it promotes empathy to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes that doesn't look like you, that doesn't act like you, that doesn't love like you, um, as well as being yourself represented. So both things are really important. And I loved the fact that, you know, so many people responded to FemShep and uh, so many men. Yeah. And it and it is super important on that aspect, too, because games like Mass Effect and then even, Courtney, I mean, you're very familiar with the other side with that as well, with uh, Fallout 4 um, doing that as well, is that, and that's literally one of my most favorite games of all time. Both that and Mass Effect are mm. games that have absolutely resonated <laughs> with me. And so yeah. to, be, to be able to go back and forth on that, because as you're playing through it, A, it's also a massive uh, ability for the replayability to see how that different aspect, but yeah, you're going to get those Correct. perspectives that you're not 
ever necessarily going to see in your real world. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I mean, I'm a cishet white male. Like, there's certain things that I am just not going to experience. And I mean, sure, yes, it's a video game, and I'm not going to get the full immersive experience, but at least I can get a perspective. Correct. Absolutely. And and that is key. And like I said earlier, it just, I think it rolled over into lots of other games. I was thrilled that there was a female player in Fallout 4. I see so much more of it in games now that, you know, it's becoming the norm. And, uh, yeah, just just, there was such a wide variety of human and non-human, you know, uh, uh, characters, but who all had these journeys and flaws and I think that's what really resonated with, with fans, and they are incredible fans. I mean, I have had so much joy at conventions, just, see, you know, like wandering off. Someone's like, I got to show you my car. I painted it N7. <laughs> like, you know, um, yeah. the creativity of people with the cosplay. I mean, the level of care that Bioware put into this game, into this franchise, and then it, it just came out in everyone who played it. And and I love the fact that there is playability because I, I also believe like if you're going to spend a lot of, a lot of money on a game, like get 400 hours out of it, you know, <laughs> play as many people as you can sit in as many people's chairs as you can, you know, ring it out for, you know, and, and find everything because the developers put so many gems and Easter eggs and just tiny touches that it always completely thrills me when people talk about how much. And now people with Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I mean, we were already getting like, oh, yeah, I played with my dad. Now it's going to be like, I played with my grandfather. <laughs> yeah. It's the family oh bonding. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, well, it's so great because it's a whole new generation that's going to get to see, you know, the whole thing and, and amazing what the new devs have has, you know, polished and made so beautiful. But, yeah, it's going to totally yeah. freak me out when people are like, you know, <laughs> my dad was playing this with your voice before I was born, and I'm just going to fall oh down God. dead. <laughs> well, I've had that experience, so it'll be okay. You'll be all right. <laughs> I'm not going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's something I'm really excited about. We've got, you know, this panel that we're doing for this, and we've got some. We've got both the new devs and the original devs um, joining us on the panel, so I'm excited about that. That is really exciting because you get to see, I mean, obviously the people who put the love and care into it at the beginning is one thing, but then beyond that, you get to see the people that it influenced for them maybe to even get into video games themselves and then come back and be the devs for this one as well. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm waiting for that. Like, yeah. you know, I grew up playing <laughs> this game and now I got to work on it because I'm sure that's going to, you know, be part of it or, or, you know, there's a lot of, I think it is inspiring when you play really great yeah. games, when you're part of these things, you know, when, when I started, there wasn't colleges that had, you know, uh, voice acting tracks or, you know, yeah. lots of, lots of development tracks. And it's so exciting to see um, both what the new generation is bringing to the table, but also how, how amazing the new version looks. You know, people are doing these, like, you know, the original version and this version and the colors and the lighting and the, the details just killer. I cannot. 
I cannot. <laughs> well, and I mean, yeah, it's been, I mean, it, it came out like, I mean, in the late, uh, you know, 2000s, and now we're here, you know, over a decade later, the advances in technology. I mean, back then we barely had smartphones, and now our phones can literally play the video games we were playing then with perfect, you know, authenticity and all of that. It's, Resolution, yeah. Yeah, like the technology <laughs> is just so fantastic. I mean, well, that was one of the things, like, I noticed very specifically the difference between Mass, from Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 3. Like, when we started Mass Effect 1, the technology was such that, you know, the acting needed a little bit of a, little bit of a push, just a little bit, to help it land because the visuals weren't quite there. Mm-hmm. Um, but even between that and 3, by the time we got to 3, it was just like we were doing a movie. Like, you can thought registers on the mic at that point. Like, it, you can totally just let it be, which was my favorite kind of acting. I loved it. It was amazing. Have, uh, have uh, uh, in any game or any uh, anything, have they gotten you guys any of those mocap suits or anything like that yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the flat, fabulous, you know, black onesie pajamas set up. Yeah. You hope it's yeah. black. It's usually like, I know, like the, whoever makes these suits, I'm actually doing doing a couple of days this week, and luckily my suit is blue and black, but usually it's, like, uh, black with, like, bright yellow or hot pink, like, just right around the parts that you were like, I could probably trim that up a little bit, and it's like, oh, no, yeah. here we go. We're going to put yeah. this on the outside yeah. of your thighs and on your belly, yep. and you're like, are the cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like the striped crotch. Yeah, that's what Yeah, and we're just like, look at this. Look right here. Don't look anywhere yeah, else. Look right here. So mortifying. And they never fit right. They're always like loose in the wrong places and tight in the wrong places. And you're like, yeah, everybody's You're either too long waisted or you're too short waisted. Yeah. Either getting oh a wedgie God. or they're, they look like oh, their yeah. legs are two inches long. It's amazing. One size, fit, uh, one size fits nobody. God help you. Exactly. Oh my God. God help you if you have to go pee. Because you get in that thing and then you're in the suit and then all the little dots get put everywhere and they're, you know, across with the Velcro. Belt on. <laughs> you got this belt on with all your gear on top of that. So I always time my beverages so that I'll start drinking about an hour before lunch and then I won't drink anything until it be like an hour before the afternoon break. Mm-hmm. And then I won't drink, like, my God, you have to be so careful. Yeah, because you end up, your Velcro, everything is also Velcroed together. So it's Velcroed shut mm-hmm. and make it tight. So, yeah. yeah, you can't, you, to, to actually release yourself to go to the bathroom is a major yeah. undertaking. And then... It's like a Halloween costume. Oh it's like gosh. a really gnarly Halloween costume. It's like a straight you jacket know? is yeah. what it is. It's a Velcro straight <laughs> jacket. And, but I, I mean, love it though. I mean, I love it. Being able to bring the whole character to life is just yeah. like, oh my God, heaven. It's the it's the glorious life of the voice actor, the behind the scenes that people don't get to see. <laughs> now, uh, before we get out here, and seriously, thank you so much for spending some time with me. Um, you did mention uh, the mention was about people coming up to you and um, you know showing off the cool things that they've had, or just you know when you're at a convention and uh, you know people know that you're there. But have you ever like surprised someone either you know like at a coffee shop or you know ordering food or talking with somebody where it's suddenly like you see like their eyes light up or that click where they realize that they've heard you somewhere they can't figure it out and then boom they figured it out oh yeah i think my favorite i was at um disney world 
this is several years ago, and um, we were doing uh, like a princess push, you know, it was like a princess week, and they had all these yeah. tents around this whole area of Disney World, and it was a bunch of radio stations. It was a lot of you know radio stations from around the country, and these, you know, the DJs were so confident and so in their element, and like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, been there, done that, haha, I'm in charge, I'm, it's fun. And I sat down in front of this woman, and uh, I was there as Cinderella, and, you know, she was joking with me, and and, uh, and then I said something in Cinderella's voice, and she burst into tears. <laughs> she oh. was so completely <laughs> taken aback. She was like, oh, she became four years old again, and in the sweetest way, and it was just beautiful, because she, you know, that tough adult exterior just disappeared and it was wonderful but it happens yeah it's it's super fun to like sometimes I'll, when we did conventions when we were in person at things i um would call somebody for some for somebody and they would just like their jaw would drop <laughs> and it would be really fun yeah that was great fun i actually had somebody surprise me i um well it was kind of a surprise but uh, a guy flew out from korea from south korea because he had had a really tough time. His dad had passed away and he had gotten a Jack tattoo and he wanted me to sign it. And, um, and so I, uh, I was like, Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get it tattooed underneath the, the portrait of Jack. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I like spat on my hand and like rubbed it off and like, <laughs> on his arm and like started over again. Cause I was so, then I started freaking out because I was like, Oh my God, it's going to be a tattoo and it's my signature. And it's, you know, it's not, it's not right. It's going on someone's body for the rest of his life. And, um, and then the, the thing got, you know, the line got crazy and I was like, just hang on for, you know, hang on, let me redo it. <laughs> and, um, and I, and I sort of got engrossed you know, and I forgot about it. And so I looked over, I don't know, like, it seems like it was only like 30 minutes later. Uh, He kind of wandered back and I was like, oh, thank God. Okay, let's redo this. And he just held his arm up and there was plastic wrapped around it. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) It was fine, but there was never, I mean, I would have sat there for six hours sitting on this guy's forearm and trying to like redo it because I was so stressed out. And he was, he was totally stoked and it looked fine. It really did, but it was just my own like craziness. But, um, so that was someone surprising me, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've walked up to, to people at, at conventions who were, there was a girl who was getting her tattoos, her Jack tattoos drawn on her. Wow. And, um, and I looked on her, you know, she was, because she was cosplaying and the girl was finishing her stuff and, and uh, I looked over at her, she looked at me and she kind of smiled and, um, and then her friend like looked up and was like, recognized me and was like, oh, oh. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah. So I, I walked <laughs> over and I was like, you look amazing. So she started crying and we were hugging and um, it was great. Yep. We took some photos. It was really sweet. So many um, happy people tears. People's reactions <laughs> to these characters are amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the resonation yeah. with video game characters a lot of the times and people, I don't know if they, I mean, I, I feel at this point in time, people do recognize that um, like video games are a viable medium for actors um, and it resonates with so many people. We've just talked about some of the most amazing things out there that, you know, people love about games, especially with something like Mass Effect. So like the tattoos, like just the tears, happy tears, like it's just it's so mm-hmm. it's so fun. It's so amazing to hear all of that. And I'm glad that you guys like seem to be genuinely happy and having a good time doing all of this. Oh my God. Oh yeah. So much and, you know so it's so important. Yeah. 
because I think the reason that people resonate with with video games, I mean, I have this whole theory, but it's like you go and you watch a movie and there's somebody, you know, in a huge on a huge screen. And so when you see them, you kind of know, like in person, you're like, oh, my God, there they are. And then with TV stuff, people will recognize you and and be like, wait, I went to high school with you. Like somehow I know you. And with video games, uh, you know, it's because you're you're on this little box in their living room, so they have this sort of, like, friendly relationship with you. But with video games, people are like, I know you and I love you. You were on my squad. We fought together. Like, there is a, there is a side-by-side experience that happens in video games yep. that is unlike any other medium. And I think that's why it is the biggest, you know, it takes in the most money of any kind of media because oh, yeah. you cannot replicate that experience of, of that, that familiarity. Um, is, and, and we know it and the, you know, the players and fans know it and that's what makes it extra special. I think. Yeah. It's amazing. And so often with them, you know, with these games, you're, the players are co-creating it. You know, so we created yeah. something together. We created a world and an experience. Yeah, yeah they were down in the trenches you know, not, with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For real. I mean, for hours and hours and hours. And we've had loss and we've had laughter and we've had fear and we've had victory. We've had all of it. I had you somebody know. walk up to me. Uh, well, you've also, um, in some games, you either get killed or they can have sex with you. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Awkward. <laughs> So awkward. So many awkward conversations. I was at a wedding and oh, met no. somebody, and they were like, hey, so just so you know, we, uh, you know, hooked up. No. Okay. Can we just get the bride married? Can we just get the bride married before we have this? Like, let me get a couple glasses of champagne in me before we have this awkward conversation. Yeah. Oh, my God. In oh, the, no. In the trenches like in the Violating something. <laughs> I love it. You know. I was going to avoid that, but, you know. Like, no, no, not okay. Yeah. (laughs) But that's the thing is, like, I mean, it's just an extension of, like, all the, all, that's that's part of the relationship that you have with, you know, in games is, like, yeah, you fight alongside people, you can romance them. I mean, that is why the connection is is so deep, you know, and, yeah, it's awkward sometimes, but it's also fantastic that that's. You know, that's yeah, part of the experience. And people, yeah. and people. As long as it's tastefully done. Yes, exactly. <laughs> tastefully done. Don't just start run up to them and be like, hey, guess what we did? And it's like, uh, we know, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I love that, that Jack will tell you to, you know, beep off in the game. I love you it. You're trying to hit on her. It's and the pe- part. <laughs> and, and people can experience all of this right now. Mass Effect Legendary Edition out May 14th. Uh, obviously, you can play all versions of it. Mass Effect 1, 2, 3, the DLC, all of that. Remastered and optimized for the 4K Ultra HD. Those graphics are going to be amazing. Jennifer Hale, Courtney Taylor, thank you so much for spending some time with me. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to be doing a panel. There. We're going to be doing a yes. panel on uh, the 15th, the cast of Battle right. Effect and the developers, both uh, original and new, um, at 12 o'clock Pacific on Jennifer Hale's YouTube channel. So if you want to come, jump in the chat, ask questions. Um, we'll be doing signings and stuff afterwards on our respective Instagram uh, channels and it's going to be a great time. You'll get to talk to the, you know, hear the devs talk, hear the cast talk. So if you like this, you can have even more. Oh, that is so awesome. Right. Come hang out with us. Yeah.
Right here are two of the nicest people I've had a chance to spend some time with. Again, Mass Effect Legendary Edition is available now for PC, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. If you're a fan of the series, this is something you will absolutely need to pick up. All three games, the DLC as well as updated graphics. Yes, please! Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming soon, but expect another amazing interview coming up in the next episode as we delve into the world of Dungeons and Dragons from the perspective of the Bard. But until next time, stay nerdy.